Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 57th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty and the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh, Anthony, back with you guys once again today. We are going to preview Saturday night's game against the Elon Phoenix, which will commence 8 p.m. in the Smith Center. We will be in attendance for this weekend's game. So we'll give you some information about the Phoenix, some updated information about Carolina, break down the matchup, keys to the game, pick the game. we got some closing notes for you guys as well. But before we do any of that, we start every pod as we always do with the pod thought of the day. And, buddy, you weren't here for the last preview when we pre when I had to preview Georgia Tech. Which I'm sure that you threw me under the bus and said that I didn't show up for the preview, that I uh, was blowing you off for football. I or said something. it was technical difficulties. Wow, I'm shocked. You I updated your, your job status. I said he's not fired. Um, he he. You operate on a two week notice every day. So here's the question: If I do get fired, which I, by the way, I was the one that actually started this website and then combined with you. But I could still but, fire you from the pod. Yeah, I, I I guess I guess. Would you fire me via Zoom? Uh, like the man that fired 900 employees via Zoom earlier this week, then went on the news and told them that uh, people were lying about their hours, which they found out was false. Um, no, <laughs> we would actually go on camera. It would be a special edition pod. You want to know what would be the special that, edition? Now that would be a special edition. And if, I would, uh, I'd if, fire if you. This on, is on camera. I'd fire you on camera. Oh. Um, but so the last time we previewed. Um, the pod thought of the day actually came from Jimmy V because it was Jimmy V week. Yep. Pulled some audio from, uh, his speech and look, we understand the ordeal with NC state. Jimmy V week's one of the best things ESPN does. This did look, man, you guys know that we, especially on the football side of things, we've made a lot of jokes about state and all that kind of, this is different. Like this is, I mean, that that is one truly one of the greatest moments in sports history that happened off the off the court off the field it was an inspirational moment it's something that 
you know, a lot of people have lived by because there, you know, there are yeah. so many people that have gone through uh, cancer and, and, you know, we, we saw it with Stuart Scott. We've seen it now with Dickie V who's going through it as well. Um, and yeah, the, these guys always lived and died by those words. And I think that it's, it's appropriate to, to bring that one on for sure. Um, and look, his speech, they aired it in full last night because last night was the Jimmy V Classic. Mm-hmm. I usually make it a point to watch that speech in its entirety. It's one of the few speeches. Um, it's, it's one of the few things in sports, really, that I can watch over and over and over again and still get the goosebumps because the message still applies today. Definitely. It's still as powerful today as it was 28 years ago. Um, and so to, you know, last time we did Jimmy V, today we, get, we, we go to Stuart Scott because he is one of us, and we did lose him way too young to, to cancer. Um, and Stuart once said, and I don't know if this is from his speech at the ESPYs when he was given the Arthur Ashe Award or not. It doesn't really matter, though. Stu, uh, Stu said, every day I am uh, reminded that our life's journey – is really about the people who touch us. Really good stuff. Remember that when you're driving home after we get done recording and you think about the people in your life that have made an impact. And when you think about me, the positive influence I've had on Try your life. Try not to wreck my car. Gotcha. Um, love, Stu. Carolina honored him a few weeks ago, or they they paid tribute to him a couple of weeks ago when Michigan was in town. Mm-hmm. When Jimmy V was in the building, we do they they, they do a really Dickie, good job. Dickie V, Dickie yeah, V, what I call him. You call it, you said Jimmy V. He was in the building too in spirit. There you go. Dickie V was in the building. Carolina since he passed away, they've done a really good job having Stuart Scott tributes, Stuart Scott night, whatever that may be. Let's dig into Saturday night's game against Elon. Look, guys, we're not going to sit here and lie to you. Not a sexy matchup. Elon comes in 2-7. and seven. They've lost um, six in a row. 0-2 away from home. Um, really? They've played that many games at home? Well, you know, they built, wow. that, they, they built that new building. <laughs> Do you know what the name of the building is by chance? No. It, I, was not, it has been drilled into my head since the day that they played there. Do you, do you seriously not I, I, I have forgotten what it was called. The beautiful Shar Center, baby. The Shar Center. Oh, my God. Um, they, so they, they've come, they're coming in on a losing streak. Um, but this is a team that they, they do some things they, they do some things well. They've got four players averaging double-figure scoring, um, led by senior guard Torrance Wash, or Watson, who's averaging 13.1 points per game. They are also 23rd in the country in three-point field goals made per game. They make an average of 10.6 per contest, mainly because, well, they shoot 28 threes per game. That's the 33rd most. That's, that, well, hang on. That's only the 33rd most in the country. <laughs> I mean, Villanova shot 50 in last night's game and only hit 13 and won by 14 points. Yeah. So that shows you where three-point shooting is at. Um, they also commit a lot of fouls. They commit 22.1 fouls per game. Ooh. That's seventh most in the country. Um, but as you can expect with a mid-major, they lack height. Their average height on their roster is six foot four. They have two players on their roster, 6'10", or taller, 
And I mentioned Torrance Washington, a senior guard who leads them in scoring. A relatively young team, averaged just 1.7 years of experience up and down that Phoenix roster. But as we've seen with with Carolina specifically, these types of games, there's no such thing as a gimme. You played Brown in a similar setting a Friday night at 9 o'clock. This game's Saturday at 8 o'clock. Um, sleepy crowd, sleepy environment. You were in a dogfight at the under four-minute timeout. Um, Virginia just last night lost. Now, that was on the road, but they lost on the road at James Madison. Texas Southern went to Gainesville, a team who was 0-7, and beat the Gators by double digits. Elon isn't good on good on paper. Their record isn't good. But Carolina hasn't reached the point where they can't not be ready to play and not ex- and, and, and not expect to win. They need to be ready to play Saturday night. No, they definitely do. And and you you said one thing in there that I think is important for these types of teams when they're looking for upsets. And we talked about it earlier in the year when we were previewing some of the games against some of the lesser opponents. The one thing that scares you a lot when you play these types of games are teams that can shoot the three ball mm-hmm. really, really well. And look, Carolina's been much better defensively the last two games. There's no denying that. But there are still times where they've had they, they've left some shooters open. And Michigan and Georgia Tech are not the best shooting teams this year. Now, the good news is, is that Really, neither is Elon. Their overall field goal percentage is in in the bottom 100 of the country. They're not great, but they're great from beyond the arc. Yep. And that those are the types of teams that can really bother you in these out-of-conference matchups. The thing about them is, is that, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, they haven't won away from their place. They've played a pretty tough schedule, yep. though, too. Well, they got to. You know they they played uh, a Florida team that that Florida team that look up until that loss uh, were they undefeated I believe yes. they were and th- they had beaten Florida State I know that isn't as big of a win now as as some may think but that's still a pretty good team they've lost to West Virginia Ole Miss so they played a lot of power conference teams the only thing that that really hurts them they haven't beaten a power mm-hmm. conference team so. You know, I, I think Carolina has they, – they should feel pretty confident coming into this game. But the one thing that you got to realize about this team that's on the other end of the floor is that they shoot the three ball well. And also, they, they overall, this season, they've scored the basketball well. The good news is, is that you should be able to score the basketball well against them because their defensive numbers are not good, including the three-point percentage, which is – their 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 opponent's three point percentage is horrendous. Mm. So it, that's that's an area where Carolina can attack. They are where is it three hundred and fifty fifth in the country. They're allowing forty two point eight percent from the beyond the arc. So and Carolina's third in the country in three point percentage as a team. So it lines up very well for Carolina to have success. But as you mentioned, it's a sleepy environment. You're coming off exam week, which has been tough on you. Th- these so games, there's some things that add up. These, this is the one game every year, even under Roy Williams, I dreaded. Because, as Hubert Davis alluded to on his coach's show last night, they're not going to practice until Thursday. So they had three, almost three full days off. Tuesday and Wednesday were just run and shoot day. So you were just basically getting in the gym, running some 
some some light drills, but you were in and out in an hour. Thursday, you're coming back to practice, but you're still taking finals through the rest of the week. Coming off of, especially coming off of last week where you got two, they were big wins, mm-hmm. they were emotional wins. To have that week off uh, will be a challenge for Hubert Davis and his staff. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play you this week's um, ad from DraftKings, and we're going to come back, give some Carolina notes heading into this game, break down the game a little bit more, give our keys to the game, and pick the game before we get out of here for this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you will be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving new customers shots at millions of dollars and total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. Only one per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all these great offers. I've been giving you on both the Heel Tough blog and the Four Corners podcast because my ad is currently running on both podcasts. With a slight edit because your promo code is a little bit different than mine, but you said uh, the P in there, which by the way, that sounds very... T- it, the, the, the code is TBPN. You said P clean enough. I could pull it out and just put in TPPN. So oh. Great job. Great um, job. And so that means I'm going to collect both of the uh, the allowances for both those podcasts. Okay. Yeah. Me. Okay. Yeah. yeah let's, let's believe that. Okay. Um, something we, we didn't touch on post-Georgia Tech, and we haven't talked a lot about him individually as much as we probably should have to start the season – Armando Baycott um, is averaging fi- over 15 points per game, 9.9 rebounds per game. So basically a double-double. He has five double-doubles in the first eight games of the season. Last time a player did that, Bryce Johnson in Ooh. 2015-16. There we go. There we go. And what that team do? They that, went to the national championship. That team played for the national championship. Monday. Other than that, I, I don't know. All I know is they made it to the first Monday night. Don't remember what happened. Yeah. They won the ACC regular season and tournament. There you go. They did both of those things. That's right. They were a one seed in the NCAA tournament, and they made the Final Four and played for a natty. So they achieved a lot of the same things that I think we're capable of achieving this season. But Mondo, I think he is – the success we're seeing from him's kind of gotten lost because of the steps we've seen Caleb Love and R.J. Davis take. Brady Mannix become a consistent player off the bench for Carolina. Dawson Garcia has flashed at times so for, for the Tar Heels too this season. But Mondo has led up to every expectation we had of him entering the season, which was be a consistent force. And the, be- and, and the, 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 the growth of him, what we're seeing, and really from Hubert Davis, is in the second half when they need a bucket, 
Who who does the ball go to first to get the offense? It goes to Armando Baycott, and especially in that Georgia Tech game, they were in that 1-3-1 zone, which they would double down out of that zone. Well, he was passing out of those double teams, and you had Love and Davis knocking down three-pointers. That play doesn't get made last year. He's not making that pass out of that double team, and of course those guys aren't making those shots at the rate they were last season, but... It's been really fun watching him become this type of player because we thought after that Oregon game his freshman year, this is what he should be, and that's what kind of we expected him to be. That year was hurt, never got back to form. Last year, a plethora of bigs really hindered him from having monster numbers. This year, not the case, and every time that we've needed something from him, he's delivered. I mean, look, he's the most consistent player on the team. There's no denying that at this point. I think Brady Manick's probably a close number two, but, I mean, your guards have kind of been hit and miss at times this year, um, which, I mean, you expect. I mean, look, Caleb Love has definitely taken a step forward when it's come to the consistency, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Mondo's done exactly what you want him to do, which is to be that consistent threat inside that you can get the ball to because mm-hmm. well we talked about it you're going to want to be a team that plays a little more inside out there's no denying that that that's the way that Hubert Davis was talking when he came to Carolina but th- you you need that guy that in those types of situations where maybe you're not shooting the ball all that well for a stretch or even for a game, we can put it inside and have our big guy go to work, our senior or our veteran leader on the inside go to work, and that's what they've been able to do with Armando. Now, I think it's I I, I think that it kind of works off of each other. The fact that guys have been able to play more consistent around him Mm -hmm. and it's allowed him to have more success I think those feed off of each other because you know I mean if this was like a couple of years ago back in 2019 when Cole Anthony was out of the lineup um, and Garrison Brooks was going off it was that the reason Carolina wasn't able to win a lot of those games was because you were like okay well Garrison Brooks is going to get his points but nobody else is hurting you yeah with Armando Baycott now, I mean, he's scoring consistently, but teams aren't able to just say, well, we're going to let Armando Baycott go off because nobody else is going to hurt us. Everybody else is hurting you. So the fact that teams have to be on their toes looking at every guy on the floor worried that somebody is going to take over a game has really helped Armando because it allows him to, you know, have one more of those one-on-one matchups, and he seemed to take advantage of it. He's definitely learned how to score a little bit better at the rim, how to be a little more savvy, and I think he's, you know, he's done a better job of, of getting to the free throw line yeah. this year by drawing the contact. Um, the one thing that you still want to see from him and some of the other guys is that finish at the rim ability there's sometimes where it just kind of there are lapses where they just struggle to finish inside but other than that he definitely is having an outstanding season and this is one of those games against Elon where you probably look at him and say you should be able to take over this game pretty easily if we need you to at some point which they may yeah because he will be the best player on the floor the first net rankings came out the other day oh of course that's, that's an a, exciting day for you man that's a metric that well uh, the NCAA tournament committee does value when, in terms of seeding and, and how they they, they they pick the field mm-hmm. after they pick the or after you have the automatic qualifiers. Carolina came in number twenty six, um, so not not great, not bad, but I guess that was somewhat justified. 
And look, I'm not a big top 25 guy. The rankings in college basketball mean absolutely nothing. I had to explain it to my brother because he was all out of arms that we weren't ranked. And he's like, well, doesn't that affect NCAA tournament seeding? No. He's like, so they don't they don't rank the they don't see the teams off their rankings? No. I mean, look, they, they don't. They don't. The only thing that you use the rankings for close to tournament time is basically to give you an idea of where teams are at because you only get – this isn't the college football playoff but where gotta, each week you have a breakdown. It's so not, that's not like thing. It's not like a ranked game. Is That's that's not like to, to be a ranked team it has to qualify as a quad one win. Like, because the quad one is not yeah, – Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a bit, quad it's, one so all it's over a, the It's place. about the top 50 BPI. It also factors in where you play the yep. game. and it, So, yeah, no, rankings in college basketball really don't – they mean even less than they do in just about any other sport. I, I was surprised, but, though, given the two wins Carolina got. Definitely. A number 24 Michigan to a team that was ranked ahead of you. You, you blew them out. And on the road at Georgia Tech in the ACC opener – a game in the second half that you put away easily. Not to mention your pre you you were preseason ranked. Yeah, and your two losses. Now your loss to Tennessee after last night. Still looks, not a bad loss. It's, it's not a Texas, bad loss. Texas seven and one team that's going to finish top three in the Big Twelve. What a tremendous job by them too after losing Chris Beard. But I mean, they got a better head coach. But here's the thing. I mean, you've got. I mean that that law that what I'm saying is that loss it definitely took a little bit of a blow. It's not as good as it was, but Tennessee still a good ranked basketball team, and Purdue might best be the best in the team co- in the country. Yep, they are right now because they're so, ranked number one. Right. So yeah, I looked at that resume and said to myself, "That's a top 25 team, right?" They didn't put them in there. Again, it does. It's not really that big of a deal because the rankings. It does you as of right now. With the phrase that everybody likes to use, which is so overused, if the season ended today, which guess what, guys, it's not ending today. If it did, then you wouldn't be playing the tournament. Uh, Carolina would be in. Yeah. And they would probably be a, a five or six seed, and they would have a chance to advance up the seed line. Well, so, come right, on. Right now, they're the 29th ranked team in the country because they're the fourth team less than receiving votes. As long as they take care of Elon, they will be ranked because a week from Saturday they play UCLA in Las Vegas. And for TV ratings and to fill the stands, they're going to want to put that number next they're to gonna the wanna, name, baby. They're going to want to promote a ranked versus ranked matchup. Right. Uh, but th- that did catch me off guard. Let's get to our keys to the game. I didn't write this down, but I think it's very obvious. The number one thing for Carolina in this game is to defend the three-point line for yes. all the things we mentioned yes. a little bit earlier in the show. Elon is going to take a lot of threes, which is, you know, in the old days, we thought if you forced a team to take a lot of threes, you were you, you were forcing them to settle. That's completely different now when this team is averaging 28 threes per game. Yeah. And they're 33rd in the country. When I saw them play that game against Iowa last year, I said to myself, yeah, I think we need to try to force them to put the ball inside. Right. And, and so, you know, that that method has changed. They all, you know, they, they make 10 threes per game <laughs> as well. Brown didn't kill them from behind the three-point line, but – and, and the games that have been closer than they then they probably should have been at certain times, Brown 
in that College of Charleston game, it wasn't – Even Loyola to a certain extent. Right. It wasn't that they made the threes. It was like the timing and the situations that they made the Definitely. threes. If Carolina can take away their three-point shooting, especially in that first half, you're deeper, you're stronger, you're more gifted, you're more talented, you'd imagine you could put this game away relatively early. But if you don't defend the three-point line, they can be hanging around, and this team's going to be coming in – fired up to play in the Smith Center. They're a North Carolina school. They're about, what, an hour down the road, an hour and a half down the road from you guys in Burlington? No, no I don't. Okay, 45 I don't minutes? It, yeah, like, yeah, it's more like 45 so minutes. So they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be fired up to be in the gym. And so I think as long as Carolina, it, it, as long as they bring that defensive intensity, right? because that intensity was there for the majority of the Georgia Tech game. There was a part in the midway through the first half where it lacks. But from that point on, after Hubert Davis called that godforsaken timeout, everything from there was smooth sailing. They come out with that same energy, that focus, they're communicating, they're fighting through the screens, and they make them work for those three-point shots. I don't see Elon putting the ball inside and beating Carolina. No, oh, no, no, no. And that's not the recipe for them to win this game. I, I don't think that's it at all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's important. And the thing is, is look, if they start to hit a couple in a row, but these are contested shots, one of the things that we have seen at times from Carolina is even if they are contesting well, when teams start to make shots, that's when things start to break down a little bit because the confidence starts to dip. Look, they're going to make shots from the outside because they're going to put up a ton of shots from the outside. Yeah. So you 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 know that you have to live with that. It's about like you said, controlling when they happen, and you know I I think the the thing that you've definitely got to do in this game is I mean look I'm I'm a guy that wants to see the tempo slow down just a bit. Um, because I think it's helped them on the defensive end. See, this is why but, you're going to get fired. <laughs> but, hey, I mean, I, I think this is a team that exp- if if the possessions are limited in this game, I don't see Elon being able to hang with you. I think Carolina will have their moments where they run, and I like that. I like the strategic running. But I think Carolina – just control the pace of this game, and I think you'll 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 be fine. I am a little worried though about the slow the, the slow start, and if yeah. Elon can get off to a hot start, because that's what the College of Charleston did. A lot of their th- a lot of their threes came early in that game, and it was on the road, so it got the crowd into it. In this one, you just wonder, you know, will it take what is there of a crowd out of it? Yeah, that's why the the the, the first key that I actually had written down was their energy. That, their energy in that second half against Georgia Tech, it might have been at a different level than it was against Michigan because it was a road game and it had to be. And I know many people are saying, well, when's Carolina going to play 40 minutes? First off, they'll never play 40 minutes. It's never – a team has never played a complete game. A well, team, well, thank you there, statistical analysis, but Josh Marlowe. What you're wanting to see is them getting closer to – to putting it all together, and I think against Michigan and Georgia Tech, you saw that. Well, this is this is what you want to see. You want to see a team that looks the same as they did in that second half in the first in half. the first half, even mm. if the results aren't exactly the same. Because look, maybe the team that you're playing on the other side played better than they did in that second half. Right. You want to see that effort because the other night. It was very evident that that team that came out in the second half was much better prepared, 
much more in rhythm than the one that came out in the mm-hmm. first half. And that's happened back-to-back games. So it's a legitimate thing. But you're right. You can't say, look, you know, th- this is a team that needs to just come out and completely blow out all these opponents. That's just not happening. That's not the nature of college basketball right now. Mm-hmm. Anymore. To, to, to a further extent, like, because the, the gap between the elites and the non-elites, it shrunk because of transfer portal. Yep. Those types of things. Um, and look, I do think there, it'll be what I like to call a holiday crowd in the Smith Center. There will be people. There will be many people there. People in uh, Christmas sweaters? Most likely they are They are having their toys for Tots Drive, so there's going to there's be oh. a Christmas feel. Oh, that's cool. In Chapel Hill and, and, and in the Smith Center. Nice. Um, if you show up in a Christmas sweater, I'm leaving you here. I don't, I'll go by myself. I'm going to be honest. I don't own one, and I've never had the urge to own one. I know that there are people that think like it's something you got to have in the fan repertoire. I can't. We have a hard enough time. I can't do it, man. Getting dates and women. That, that wouldn't help our cause. First of all, I don't. I don't wear sweaters. No, that doesn't happen. I'm a sweater vest guy. Sweatshirts? I, yeah, and, and you've been made fun of it multiple times by me. True. But, I yeah, I just, I can't, I can do the sweatshirt. I can do the, 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 the jacket. I can't. I can't. I can't get with the sweater. We got to get one I of the. We got to get the quarter zip things that they've been rocking. Like that's not like the new fad. I would do one. Uh, one of the things I do want to get. Uh, yeah, no, those are those, those are those, those are, are great. Although I don't understand. Am I the only one? The logo, the foot on the jacket. Is it not a different color than the one that, that than the color of the actual jacket itself? I think it's got to be to define the foot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they should have just gone with the with the with the white. Yeah, foot, maybe. Maybe I don't know, but uh, no, definitely that. And we gotta get the warm up t shirts. We yeah. need those yeah. to go on sale. When, when, when that happens, I will just I will I will mail them my credit card. I'll mail them the credit card and have them. Okay, just to keep that's it. that is that is not how it works. Please do not do that. But then that they will, would have it there. That way, be, whenever whenever anything else comes in, they just know charge it and then mail it to me. Okay, there's this thing called Apple Pay. On your phone, or that you can use. Give them my physical credit card. That's how committed I am to giving Carolina Athletics my money. God. Um, okay. The second key, we mentioned Armando Baycott. Play, play inside out. P- play through Bondo. Dawson Garcia. Play through, through who? Mondo. I thought you said Bondo. No, I said Mondo. Dawson Garcia stayed in the starting lineup, but the results have been. They've been up and down. This is a type of game against a type of opponent that doesn't have the size. They're not going to be able to defend you for 40 minutes. Get him back in rhythm. Get his confidence back up. Because the other night, he didn't play a whole lot. Um, because you didn't need him to because of Brady Manick. Right. But you want to have them all three in rhythm, confidence up, and all that. And same thing with Brady Manick when he's on the court. Still give you what he's been giving you. But this is a game that Carolina should dominate the the painted era. They've done a really good job defending the paint the last couple games. They gave up 96 points at Connecticut in two games. The last three games combined, they haven't given up that many points. Um, so they've, they've gotten better defending the paint as a, as a defense. And offensively, put the rock inside. You're going to get your three-point shooting. You'll be able to get those perimeter shots. But it's going to make it even easier when you put the ball in the painted area and let Mondo, Dawson, Manic yam the thing. Well, here's the thing. you got to open those shots up, yeah. too. Don't come out and try to force those shots because they're not going to be there early because, you, look, you, you now this is the thing that is 
I'm not going to say bad, but it is one of the downsides to being as good of a three-point shooting team as you are. Teams are going to try to scheme to take that away. Now, the good news is, is as you just pointed out, you've got three really good big men on the inside that can go to work and take over a game if yep. they need to. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what you want to do, especially early on in this game, to open up some of those outside looks, is get the ball inside and let these guys go to work. I mean, look, with, with, with Dawson Garcia, I think it just kind of is what it is. I think, you know, we've seen how consistent Brady Manick has been playing. Like I said earlier, I think outside of Armando, he's probably been your most consistent player. So, look, there's going to be nights where he's playing that well. you got to leave him out there, and Dawson Garcia is going to be the guy that unfortunately loses minutes because of it. I and I'm feel, okay with that. I do feel like, though, for this team to get to the best version of itself, to achieve – However good of a team they're going, they they end up being, it's dependent on Dawson Garcia. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's how 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 Kerwin Walton or R.J. Davis and Caleb Love continue to progress. But Garcia is your most talented front court player. He may be your most naturally gifted player on your team, not named Caleb Love, because I mean, he can do yeah. so many different things. And we were he was the transfer we were the most excited about upon transferring in. And so look, I'm not gonna I, complain. I get, it. I get it. What the the thing that I like about him though is that we've seen his minutes ebb and flow as the season has gone along, and he's had those outburst performances like he did against Purdue, and like he did against Michigan. Yep. So that's the thing about him is he seems like he's one of those guys that almost can serve somewhat like a bench player even though he's a starter. He ha- If you need him to turn it on, he can do that for you at times. So that that's why I'm not too concerned about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'd, of course you'd like to see him have one of those games in, in, in this type of game because I think he's still the guy that you're looking at and saying he needs to grow the most. Armando... You know, there's no – he doesn't need to grow because he's playing as good as he is. With Brady Manick, I mean, look, he's he's playing extremely well as well. The other thing with Manick is Manick's a fifth-year senior. He is what he is. Like, yeah. it, there's no changing him. Dawson Garcia is still a work in progress. So these are the types of games where you want to see some incremental growth from him. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see that in this game. But I, I think – Regardless, Carolina should be able to have a pretty successful night inside in the paint in this game, and they need to go there starting out of the gate. Guy we talked about last about getting him more involved. It's 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 got to start sooner than later. You've got to get Kerwin Walton going again. I know he's got to earn the right to be on the court. This should be a game though that hopefully the twelve minute mark. The game's wrapped up, and you you're just playing guys to play guys and stuff 12, like that. Twelve minute mark of the first half. I agree. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Averaging five points per game, thirty six percent from behind the three point line. His minutes per game right now are at twenty one, but the second half the other night didn't even play. I mean, he played seven minutes the other night. I mean, look, it's definitely one of those games where you're probably going to extend the rotation a little bit. Because that was that was my follow up. Was this should be a game we see Dontre Styles. Yeah. We see DeMarco Dunn. Uh, Hubert Davis said in his coach's show, I like the way they're progressing, but it is a process. And he, he, he look, they're talented freshman players. 
they're not one and done freshman players. Their give their talents don't warrant them being on the court over some other guys. The fact that they are not playing right now is a good sign. Those are guys that came in. I believe Styles finished outside of the top fifty prospects as well. I know Dunn did. Mm. Those are developmental guys. You do not want to have to be playing them in big roles their first year on cam- on campus. You you don't. That means that you don't have great depth, and frankly, you probably lack the talent. Mm-hmm. That's not the case for this Toriel team. I know, and this is this is why this is such a big issue, and and Kerwin's lumped into this as well to a certain extent. People are so afraid that guys are going to enter the transfer portal because. They see all these guys that are entering. I don't even think it's that they see all these people entering. I think it's also the fact that if you listen to some of the national pundits, they will tell you that this is something to be extremely concerned about. This is ruining the sport. This is hurting. Really? Because I'm going to be honest. I think, you know, from a Carolina perspective, I mean, the three transfers we got are working out pretty well. I, it's not something that you should be obsessing over. And look, if a guy really thinks that he is that talented and he should be somewhere playing, but you don't see him as being that talented, it is what it is. There's really nothing that you can do about it. You're going to either have to replace him on the recruiting trail or go into the portal and get somebody. So for the freshman guys especially, look, just... It, the, the Carolina's winning right now, and these guys will have moments like this where they will get on the court, and it'll it'll even happen during conference season. Mm-hmm. There will be a game or two where Carolina will blow somebody out. These guys will get playing time. Or remember, guys, I know it's shocking. Injuries are still a thing. There might be a time where a guy's banged up and has to sit out. We've seen it with the Charlotte Hornets as well. You have. COVID that's still hanging around. And some of those guys, you don't know who could go into the protocol. So, yeah, I understand that these guys have to be ready and they need, you know, you're feeling like you need to keep them satisfied, but I'm not overly concerned about that to the point that some Toriel fans are. Yeah, all I'd like to see is in the minutes that Walton is on the floor, there are designed plays, sets called to get him looks. Because you could tell against Georgia Tech, he had no confidence to shoot the ball. And he's, he's, Which he's, is shocking. That's the first time we've really right. seen that. He's still your best shooter on the team because mm-hmm. I'm not on the roster. He's, he's your, oh, he's your most gifted perimeter shooter. Yeah, if you were on the roster, that would still be We true, would be the number but... one shooting team in the country. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Maybe so, in practice. That's about it. So that that's that's all I want. I know that Hubert Davis has told him, "Look, I'll play you when you earn the right to be on the court because of your defensive effort." And I love that he's holding true to that. He's not because he doesn't have to give in to get his offense like we had to last year. Right now, that's not an issue. But when he is on the floor, reward him, get him open, get you know, draw plays, draw sets, see that ball go in the basket, get that confidence meter back up for him because he still has a lot to offer for this team. Let's go ahead and pick the game. Carolina, as you could expect, a pretty marginal, uh, a pretty large favorite a favorite to take down the Elon Phoenix. 96% chance to win the game according to the East the ESPN basketball power index. Saturday night. 8 p.m. 
in the Smith Center, Dean Dome, whatever you want, Blue Heaven, whichever one you want to call it. I think Carolina's going to win, and I think it'll be the most comfortable home win we've gotten against a lesser opponent because the Loyola game was still closer than it should have been in that second half. Same thing applies to Brown and that UNC Asheville game. I think Carolina, after almost a week off, will be gritty and anxious to get back out on the court. They know they still have a lot of work to do, and they want to build off of that performance on Sunday and really just from last week overall because I know they got a big one coming up a week from now in Las Vegas. I see Carolina scoring a comfortable 20-point home win with us in attendance. Yeah, I, I, I it feels – like this is a game that they can continue to build off of this for sure. Um, I think, you know, early on it'll be one of those games, I think for the first probably 10 minutes or so, or you'll be saying, okay, we might be locked in a little bit of a close one here because I definitely think that well Elon shoots the three, they will hit a couple of shots probably out of the gate. Um, that'll have you saying to yourself, okay, hmm, these guys need to be ready to go because they're going to be locked in a little bit of a battle. But I'm with you. I think late in the game, Carolina will probably pull away in this one. You'll definitely see the backups in my opinion. Um, I think more it's just about how comfortable of a win it is. But at this point, I, I think like you said, um, you know, you're even if the final score isn't quite as comfortable as you would like, we're talking about, I mean, teams that have been upset that nobody saw coming. That game the other night that you mentioned between Florida and Texas Southern, nobody saw that coming. So for Carolina, mm-hmm. the key is, look, continue to build off of this and, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I do think uh, they'll get a 20-point uh, or more win over the uh, Elon Phoenix in their place uh, in hopefully what will be a good environment, although I'm not, unfortunately not expecting too much. There you go, guys. Both Anthony and myself predicting some Carolina victory on Saturday night. Some closing next before we do get out of here. Star Hill State. And now the roads are becoming Tar Heel roads. Interstate I-40. Exits 266 or 270. That part of the highway will will be renamed Roy Williams Highway. Doesn't stop there. Exits 270 through 273, they will be renamed Dean Smith Highway. There you go. So 266 to 270 will take you right up to 86 which is the way that we normally go in. And then from the stretch between, or no, 270, I believe, actually is um, 15501. That's where we get off. Well, we get off. No, well, we, we do either one. 86 is kind of like the back way. I always do 15501, baby. Well, we do I, I, I 86 because that's the way, that's the back way to get into uh, where my sister's, my sister stays yeah. over there because we'll, she's a student. We'll so. be going 15501 on Saturday. Even though I'm it not, dri- it, either way it doesn't matter. Even though I'm not driving, either way it doesn't matter. I just like saying fifteen five zero one. Well, also, well, well. Here's the thing: we got to plan on what exactly we're doing, though. Are we are we taking the shuttle? Because if we're doing that, then we're going to hit all of them. Because yeah. what I was going to say is we're shuttling. 20, is is uh, two seventy to two seventy three will take you up to fifty four, which is where a lot of Toriel fans, if they take the shuttle, 
go to the Friday Center, everything like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool to see, you know, that. And, and I mean, people will say, well, how big is it to get a highway named after? I mean, look, it's just something that's that's cool to see, especially in that area, to have those two legendary coaches uh, be on there. And, again, that'll probably be something where they'll get a statement from Roy off the golf course, and Roy will be like, it's a da- it, it's, it's a daggum piece of concrete. They should have extended all the way to PNC Arena and just extend that our dominance goes from Chapel Hill to Raleigh. I mean, honestly, they should have just renamed PNC uh, Arena because, uh, uh, let's be honest, Roy Williams owns the... That's that's two laps we got to take. <laughs> um, so, okay, so you got that. Last note, I mentioned earlier we were talking about the Christmas environment that's going to be in the Smith Center. Carolina is collecting toys for their Toys for Tot drive. So if you want to bring a present, whatever you want to give, um, that way you can help the unfortunate and the needy during this holiday season. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Before we let you go, do want to get you to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. I'll have you covered pre and post for Saturday's matchup against Elon as I continue to take you through the Carolina basketball season. Football side of things, Carolina has their bowl destination. They'll be in Charlotte for the Dukes-Mayo Bowl Thursday, December 30th. Sam Howell will be playing in that bowl game. There's articles up about the bowl game, Sam Howell's participation in the bowl game. There's even a podcast up about Sam Howell's participation in the bowl game as well. So go to the website, HeelToughBlog.com for all that great football and basketball content. As for the podcast side of things, we're on the Basketball Podcasting Network. We host our megaphone, but we're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Pods, you name it. The Four Corners Podcast is there. Go ahead and like it. Review me as the host. Review Anthony as the co-host. But most importantly, we do encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button. That way you get every great podcast right there in your podcast library. Let's go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com, to find the best basketball podcast.